Hello, beautiful listeners. Welcome to your least favorite podcast. You've got me, your host, Shanze Reza, and special guest here to discuss and exchange ideas on acting, media, and the culture of it all. Hello, Ali Haji. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous and very excited, of course, having you on and also just talking to people in media, which is my passion. But on top of that, someone who's so young and has made a name for themselves outside of what media tries to capture them as. We're going to get to all of that in the nitty gritty details in just shortly. But uh, right now, what I usually do in the beginning is I introduce the guests for their qualities, what I see them as, what the world sees them as. But I'm not going to do that today. What I'm going to do is ask you how you want to be perceived and what you who you are, a dreamer, artist, rule breaker, trendsetter, who are you, Ali? Wow, that's uh, a lot of cool terms right there. Uh, uh, dreamer, yes. Uh, artist, uh, it's a journey. It's a journey to get there. Uh, it's a process that is constantly, constantly going on. And uh, trendsetter, there is a, a long journey to kind of get there, but uh, rule breaker, not so much. But yeah, I mean, there are things that, you know, do kind of get me bothered about our industry. But I mean, it's for the right reasons. It's like, you know, you uh, when there's something that bothers you, it means that you care about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so who am I? I am, uh, I've been an actor and I am now in this middle space where I'm kind of... Uh, floating through and finding my voice as a writer and a film director while also never letting go of the fact that I love acting. So uh, it's a period of like uh, transcending from one, you know, major movie related art form or craft to the other. And it's been a journey because I have grown up being a part of a lot of movies. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a new journey entirely as much as I may have been on film sets. it kind of makes me, it's it's humbling to kind of realize that when you want to do something else, you have to start from scratch. You know, your your years of experience don't really, uh, they are worth something to have been around the camera and people and technicians, actors, so on and so forth. But uh, I mean, the drill of writing and directing is its own entire thing. And you have to kind of, you know, try different things, all flat on your face, try it again, and then eventually, you know, succeed. Yes. Slowly, slowly. Well captured. And might I say that you being so young, I mean, you're 22, very early in the beginning of your career, we don't know where you're going to take this. But um, the fact that you have this self-awareness, and you are grateful for your exposure and your opportunities, but you're still very aware of, hey, like, that's not everything. Connections is not everything. You really do have to make a name for yourself at one point in your career. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, you kind of... uh... You kind of realize that as you go along the way because uh, connections can get you only so far. But uh, once you're there, you have to still prove your mettle. And uh, yeah, so uh, I kind of realized that early on. And it's it's a good thing for people to realize. I mean, uh, everybody has a different background for whatever it's worth. You know, some people could uh, crack. A, I mean, you, you can get as far as you can with your connections. But... Even a star kid in today's day, and that's a term that's used a lot over here. But hey, I mean, it's it's supremely hard for uh, 
for them because uh, the kind of pressure that's riding on somebody who is the child of a you know very well known celebrity they have a legacy to carry on so uh, they ha- they know very well that they have to be good and uh, it's kind of easy to be dismissive uh, it's easy to be vindictive and feel like okay you know that they had it easy but to be honest i mean to know that you kind of have to be thrown into the spotlight for a country as big as india and then the rest of the world to look at you and to kind of you know be taking on the mantle from somebody who has had an iconic legacy that's not exactly the easiest place to be in versus somebody like me who uh, i mean i am the first in this generation of people involved in you know the film industry so i i, I don't have any uh, there's no prerequisites there's no standard that's been set it's for me to do uh, i think it's tougher to kind of carry that on you yeah. know because you're finding yourself while also trying to you know live up to what uh, the the like people expect of you yes absolutely yeah i'm actually i'm so glad you brought that up because that was where i was leading how we're going to kick off with a relatively more personal question and how you mentioned child stars and um start at a young age and these actors actresses being already in a very hectic industry for adults imagine putting that yeah. on like young children that don't even know and can't perceive and comprehend outside of that so growing up on a set and all that how did you personally deal or how does one deal uh see uh, if if i have to take my own example i never really viewed it as uh, something that i'm dealing with it just kind of blended in and became became a part of my life for whatever it's worth because uh, I think I was probably 6 months old when I did my first TV commercial which was a Johnson Johnson and Johnson baby ad uh which obviously I have zero memories of and then you know cut to I do a bunch of TV commercials and slowly films so uh it was like it was just a part of the drill for me and uh I started enjoying it for whatever it's worth I didn't really question why i'm doing this i mean i did love movies and storytelling and so it was a great place to be a lot of the people that i got the opportunity to work with be it amitabh bachchan amir khan or salman khan i've seen them on the screen i've known who they are to this country to these people and to kind of be in the same room as them it was well now i would in retrospect say it was an honor back then i just felt like a really lucky kid and that was that what's interesting about your question though is that as you kind of grow older and kind of come into your teenage and you know start making friends and a little bit of you know early falling in love and all of that what you do realize is that while you were spending a lot of time on film sets and acting there might have been certain basic childhood things that you missed out on and you you know have to kind of find ways to uh, tick those boxes off at a significantly later age so uh, yeah that happens uh but i think i'm cool with that like i i don't really feel uh, bad about that maybe i did at some point as a teenager that oh my god like you know i've been working all my life but i, I don't think like that anymore yeah uh but yeah. i i must add that uh, it's it's an interesting place to be in because uh, when you act as a child you get the i mean i was lucky enough to have support from my school and my teachers and my principal and all of that so what that kind of does for you is that you're away from school many months and when you do go back to school sometimes you know the other kids look at you as oh like you know he 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 gets to have that and uh, 
that is not exactly a great place to be but then you kind of have to wiggle your way around and realize that okay hey i got to be a part of something else which was also awesome so now that i'm back here this is their domain because mm-hmm. they've been seeing each other 365 days the rest of the kids they're well gelled up with each other they're well bonded so now it's on me to kind of you know find my way and try to be a part of this group and you know not mm-hmm. really keep it stick up my bum and be to myself so uh, you learn that some there are some days where you know you want to be to yourself uh with time it faded and i was i mean i was comfortable with it that's good that's good to hear that it didn't affect you and it wasn't too detrimental to your like mental well-being um but yeah. that is something that many young um fellow actors struggle with in terms of like doing i mean you started you mentioned like 6 months you're not even aware yeah. of what's happening so when Absolutely. we talk about like consent is there something unethical about having children act at an age where they're not really even conscious of what's happening or do you think that it it's not that deep well again if i have to take my example and this is a i mean this is a subjective space to be in but what is uh like if i have to take my example uh why did i land the johnson's baby commercial in the first place was uh, from all the babies i was the happiest baby so when they put me in that little bathtub in front of the camera i kind of splashed the water around that's what my mother tells me and i played and you know i didn't make a fuss about it what that tells me is that uh, i little me probably didn't perceive this as a hostile unfriendly environment and hence you know it kind of all worked out for the betterment of me uh that's my example uh i would like to believe that you know in whatever form uh there was probably i <laughs> the word is definitely not consent but i don't think i uh, was uncomfortable i think it's really on uh it's case to case i really think it's on the parents uh and uh, the environment that is going to be prevalent on that very set for them to gauge that is this a situation that we want to let our child get involved with so to kind of further enhance my point my parents have been very particular about certain things for example when it came to kind of uh, the shoots meddling with my academics that would not be allowed you know i mean no missing exams no missing tests there was a clear cut instruction from you know the school to my mother that okay he gets this privilege of bunking so long as he is academically at par with the rest of the kids so then that's on my mom to make sure that okay when the director calls cut and we sit on our trailer she makes sure that we're studying so there are these ways to kind of create that balance and also to gauge the workspace i mean how is the director and the assistants how are they speaking to the child is there warmth is there comfort is there respect you know is there a little bit of roughing up happening if 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 you notice that you have to kind of immediately take action because more often than not i mean the kids not going to be able to you know actively say it for himself it's probably just going to come out in the form of a fuss or a bit of a tantrum so uh, that call has to be taken by the parents i mean they have to be the better judge of the environment that you know that they're putting their child in and then before that comes i mean is the child even kind of responding and reacting to the environment in a way that you know gives you the feeling that okay we're not doing the wrong thing uh, so as i said subjective but uh, if you're asking yourself the right questions and you know being supremely communicative with the people and the choices you make i think this is something that you know uh, it is it is achievable so i i don't think 
we one should kind of look at it as a problem as much as you know uh maybe just be aware of the fact that there will be malpractice every place you go uh it's a great space to be it's early exposure i i would always you know tell i mean in for me my life has been epic because of you know getting those kind of opportunities uh early on in life small example but at the age of 6 when i'm shooting for a film tara rampam uh to fly to new york city and to see all of manhattan kind of cordoned off for you to be in a shot mm-hmm. it's an amazing i mean it's a sublime experience so uh, well i'd never want for anyone to miss out on something like that that being said i i just kind of you know want parents to kind of have in mind that okay they really need to gauge each situation and uh, yeah uh, it's not cool to kind of uh, even for the productions to kind of push kids beyond a certain hour count yeah. and uh, make them do anything that they are not naturally comfortable with because it can happen 100% yeah no definitely a perspective that it is really case to case but it's good to hear that yours wasn't too um down like the sadder line okay so um i want to ask you with coming back to film at an older age after acting so young like what was it like stepping back into acting the acting scene after years in the public eye and also carrying a character that faces so many hardships and heavy topics we're talking about your film nobleman how was yeah. it like that that's a heavy movie yeah it is uh well i'm so glad first of all that you are talking about nobleman because uh, despite it being a fantastic film that kind of got good amount of attention at festivals i still feel like it's something that people could speak about more so uh, plus one to this podcast for kind of bringing it up in conversation uh being very honest and this is a true story i was not going to do nobleman i was afraid of kind of stepping into a role that is so dark and exploring a character that uh i probably couldn't immediately associate myself with especially because this came after a gap in my acting career but there was these small pushes that kept coming from me uh coming to me from my mom my dad that you know just take it up it, it sounds like something interesting and to add to that i mean the woman that directed the film bandana kataria and i have the most the highest regard and the most respect for her she came to my house and literally told me in these words that i have come to your house in a funny way of course to seduce you into doing my movie and uh, she spoke to me at length about the character about bullying and how it kind of how nasty it can get in you know places that i mean fortunately enough for me that i mean my privilege that i wouldn't have known and i felt pretty daft at the point to kind of i felt ignorant to have not known some of these things and i guess gradually as you know i chatted with her i realized that this is a world that i uh, i want to give it a shot i mean i could come from a different place but uh, this is somebody's story and uh, i just want to take the deep dive and go for it and uh, heavy as it may be uh, and of course i realized that much after we finished shooting where it took me uh, a little time to kind of you know let go of that character and all the darkness that he harbors but uh, the process of it was one of the most rewarding experiences of my life because uh, i i just learned so much about the craft and about uh, you know 
actually entering a character's mindset. Uh, and I am so glad that I did that film. So uh, when we were doing it, I wasn't really thinking about these, about you know what the film is about. I was not thinking about uh, bullying. You know, like we're trying to give out a message, or we're trying to you know mm-hmm. make a cautionary film for young young adults, and like you know that bullying is bad. For me, I just wanted to ensure that I embody the most sincere version of that character, which is Shay. I mean, he's a fifteen-something tenthy who's getting ragged black and blue by his seniors, and he's confused about his sexuality. And uh, he's a pretty earnest guy. I mean, he just—I mean—he believes in a few a few principles. I mean, honesty, courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the fundamentals of that guy. were uh, something that i feel like applies to all of us in our everyday life and i i just stuck to that and really followed what my director was asking me to do and not too much more than that after the film release though is when i really realized how it paid off because uh, a lot of people uh, reached out to me people who've been in boarding schools uh, people who've been bullied uh, you know boys from uh, the lgbt uh, community and uh, i i i mean i they, they told me things like thank you uh, which i don't consider myself uh, you know worthy enough for but uh, it was extremely overwhelming for somebody else to tell me that i you know succeeded even to a micro i mean to a, to a small part in kind of conveying their story on screen so uh, the larger payoff for that for me was unbelievable and i am just so glad that i did that because yeah. I don't think we were doing any of this with the intent of, you know, having that impact. Mm-hmm. It was just about a story, and uh, also Merchant of Venice. I mean Shakespeare. So, why not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So I I want to ask you why you think that stories like important social issues or sensitive topics, um, not only in India but let's focus on India right now. Why is it that it doesn't reach or have that success like your typical very popular love story and the the intense fights and all of that? What is it about social issues that frightens people? Is it the reality? Is it just not interesting enough? Uh Well, let's put it this way. I mean, India is a very large country, so uh it's to kind of uh, there's a lot of economics involved in it i mean to start with you know to get a film uh, there are films that have extreme like that have outlined you know great social issues and have gone far and wide a case in point like rajkumar hirani making pk with amir khan i mean such a lovely film uh, or three idiots or you know uh, chichore and i mean there are so many more that i'm probably not thinking of immediately what i feel can sometimes end up happening is that you know uh, if a film or an idea is perhaps uh, not the most universal idea uh, in terms of its accessibility uh, case in point nobleman where the setting is a boarding school uh, a boys dormitory the kind of stuff that happens and then the reality of that is gruesome uh, we can sometimes assume that you know uh, it's we're not always ready to kind of have a mirror put up to you know the the, the really dark things that happen around us but i don't think that uh, in india the audiences are averse to seeing uh, such content right. you know it's more a matter of uh, 
there is a easier access to as you said the chaka chak romances or the you know action pot boilers so uh, it's i feel like it's a matter of time until these sort of issues start kind of uh, reaching the hands in scripts to the bigger actors uh, the bigger filmmakers and uh, with the right treatment because when you make a film you can't uh, make it for say just a section of an audience you know you have to i mean especially when you're making like a pan india film you want to probably make it palatable to the taste of everybody and india has uh, i mean there's there's so much there's so many demographics in india there's so many you know uh, states and languages and all of that so to kind of uh, tap into each sensibility it takes a lot of work and uh, you don't want to hurt anyone you don't want to offend anyone at the same time you want to drive your message home so uh, i don't think that filmmakers don't want to uh, you know tell stories at a larger scale uh, with the right messages it's more the challenge of kind of being able to do it without really hurting the sentiments without really you know yeah. uh, offending people and uh, getting to the film what it deserves in terms of its star power uh, but let's manifest that that will also be changing slowly and steadily because uh, i get the feeling that with uh, the ott platforms coming in and really booming in india i mean netflix amazon prime hotstar and so on and so forth i feel like now is a great opportunity because uh, tv although it will never really go out of fashion but tv is slowly you know getting replaced by some of these streamers and uh, this is a great medium for you know storytellers and filmmakers to kind of tell uh to express their ideas at a larger format and uh i feel like the audiences are ready for like some something new something new yeah for sure um i sense that coming on too just like ideas are boiling we just got to wait for it to hit the screen um reminds yeah. me of another one uh karina kapoor's heroine it was not reciprocated well by um viewers but with the later years people then reflected and they were like hold up that was actually a really deep issue we should have given more attention to i have so much respect for her and just really putting light on like women in the industry and really any workplace um solely hopefully changing um but yeah i have so much respect for her for doing a film like that okay so more about sensitivity and getting into the headspace of certain personalities or characters how did you personally or maybe if you know of some skills how do you tap into a character and tap out of it making sure you don't take that character home and make it like derail your personal lives uh well i mean to start with don't think too much about it you know uh the uh i i i would like to believe that i'm an actor and you know now a writer director but uh, i don't want to ever uh, change the fact that there are certain things in my life that were are and will be important to me my family my friends you know my own space so uh, it's about striking balance uh, to answer the part of the question as to how you don't take it home that being said when you're kind of entering a mind space of like a a more intense character uh it's inevitable that it it does come home with you for a bit but uh i don't think you have to uh i mean for me at, at least the way i would I, i look at it i'm not really trying to uh 
pretend play when I'm doing my acting. I'm just trying to uh, in the moment when the director says action and I have a co-actor in front of me or I don't. I'm either really trying to empathize with the person that's in front of me or my own character and you know try to feel and channel everything all my life's bag of experiences into that moment as to what emotion can I bring to this so uh, that's that's the kind of that's the way that I go about it and I feel like for the most part it works example you and I are talking right now and uh, say that you know suppose we were having a really sad solemn conversation or you're telling me something that's a little sad so i at that point i'm not going to be focused on like you know actually getting weighed down by you telling me a dark story or me having like you know some sort of issues in the film or in the fictional world what i'm focused on at that point is just to feel every word of what you're saying and react to it as sincerely as i would have even otherwise and keeping in mind the few traits of the character that i have that okay i'm this guy Got you know it. i i'm warm and i'm compassionate and you know so keeping all of that in mind i just want to hear you out and go with the flow and when cut is called i mean i'm i'm ali again mm-hmm. you know i don't want to uh, i i try not to you know blur the, i try not to blur the line Yeah. And for the most part I think that's happened just apart from Nobleman because Nobleman one other factor that kind of made it difficult for us to step away from the character was uh, that we were uh, staying in the location that we were filming at which was the boarding school. Oh, so that's your like that's your environment you know yeah. you wake up inside a dormitory or inside the quarters and like you know you're wearing those uniforms every day so it it really became a drill after a point i mean when you have the comfort of like you know wrapping up going back home sleeping in your bedroom playing a little bit on the playstation chatting with your sister your mom dad that's cool but when you are living in that boarding school and like almost going through that drill in the blistering cold uh that kind of really added to the intensity of the experience yeah oh dear was that like intentional so you guys can get more into the character yeah i mean it was it was at once intentional and also i mean uh this clever thing to do because uh, we had like certain amount of days to shoot and uh, this is a big school that's spanning like acres of land it's a whole hill mm-hmm. in masuri so uh, it just made more sense to kind of uh, live over there and then keep you know i mean you you waste no time traveling back and forth the actors are fresh in the morning and they can go straight to set you don't have to drive winding winding on the mountains and go to a, like a marriott right. or something that was like maybe a 30 40 minute a minute drive away yeah so uh, it was a clever production call that inevitably uh, affected the performances and i mean the mindset of everybody over there wow. because we'd actually eat in the mess you know and uh, yeah it, it was fun it it temporarily became it part there. of your identity in some way for that short period Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it, it definitely helps. And uh, well, if I have to put it in a funny way, the dreariness and the gloominess of it. I mean, how depressing it is almost. I mean, it works, you know. Yeah. Because the food is not the best. I mean, you don't really. Those beds aren't really comfortable, and uh, it's school. Like you know, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't a a big fan of school. It's boarding school, like in yeah. India. Boarding school is like the scariest thing ever. You know, it's like. you tell your kids that uh, hey if you don't do this you'll be off to boarding school yeah. and it's like the most depressing i mean you must have seen tare zameen yes yeah it's yep 
we were probably like kids like me were probably well behaved just so that we didn't have to go to boarding school <laughs> so yes it's a very well known phrase amongst south asians the threat yeah okay so okay um lost my okay there we go yeah i wanted to ask I like you your hat. oh thank you <laughs> my bucket hat yeah <laughs> i have a whole collection just like it matches with all my out- yeah i'm excessive of all nice red purple i have it all lovely thank you um okay we are talking uh really deep and really sensitively about like the industry and some of the like hardships can you tell me one thing that you love about acting or the industry what's something that you look forward to uh i i feel like uh the thing that i love the most about this industry is uh that people and contrary to popular belief i mean people really value relations in this industry and i'm kind of learning that as i go along uh so that makes me very happy because uh, you know on the onset when you see films and the representation of uh, bollywood in bollywood movies it's like oh it's a toxic space and this is what happens and that's what happens uh yes some of those things can stand to to a certain point but uh, when you kind of coming in breaking through uh, it's like going to a new school mm-hmm. when you go to a new school uh, it will it will take you time to kind of uh, you know hit hit it off with the rest of the kids who probably known each other since you know like nursery yeah so they've grown up together they know each other their families they are vibing you come from another place entirely and to kind of blend in over here it will take some time but once you do then you're there mm-hmm. and that's what it's like to kind of enter the industry it takes its time it takes time to form relations but people over here really value relations and uh, i think that's one of the most that's one of the biggest positives that i always take home on a daily basis that uh, this is a growing industry where people as much as you think otherwise they're really keen to you know push their own and support people from within the industry yeah not to not to say that you know there is not an active lookout for new talent there obviously is new talent will come but i mean as you kind of come along you're growing with the people that you're meeting and working with so you all grow together and it's a virtuous circle it's a virtuous cycle uh that's something i appreciate about the film industry in terms of acting uh I don't want to give a cliche answer like oh I get to be like many different people and all of that because I have stopped viewing it like that since a while for me uh to act uh let's put it simply I mean uh, I'll probably do something in terms of acting if I know that it's going to uh, I'm going to keep like wondering for years later that what did that mean also like how did I like you know how did that come to be if I if I keep if i'm so uh awestruck by the script that i read it i probably didn't even understand it then mm-hmm. i read it again then i got it a little better but i didn't know the truth of what i'm actually even doing while i'm doing it i just know that there is some sort of you know superpower that is kind of leading me towards you know yeah. grab making me gravitate towards wanting to do this and over the years as i can look back i can keep finding more and more stuff in it that wasn't from me that was from everyone that contributed Right. start with the filmmaker the writers you know and how it came to be so i i want to act in projects like those that i feel like you know will age well and uh, will have uh, i mean 
will have more value than just the entertainment value for whatever it's worth and i feel like nobleman is definitely a film like that i mean i haven't seen it too many times because of how heavy it is but i know that when i watch it objectively ignoring myself i still see a good film you know mm-hmm. a really well made film with a a very interesting lens that the director had put and one more thing i mean i just want to give like props to vandana yet again because she was so strict with us she told us that you don't get to look at the monitor you don't get to see playback you wow. that's not your job like that's my job yep. let me do my job how about you do your job and mm-hmm. in words as cold as those it's a i mean to start with you can get taken aback but once you realize why she's doing that you it, it makes all the sense i mean yeah it's her job yeah why should i you know <laughs> i don't have to see if my hair is proper and all i mean there's a team for that there's hair makeup wardrobe for that so uh, i mean directors like her uh, we need more of them many more of them and i feel like there are quite a few of them yeah. so uh, it's it's good to kind of uh, reassure your actors because sometimes as an actor uh, and i see this changing and i wanted to change more and more you can get a little hung up on the vanity of things how am i looking you know yeah how's like was i was that was it was it good if your director has conviction in what you did you know mm-hmm. i think you probably pass with flying colors you just need to trust who you're trusting absolutely that's it there is a, yeah. a a matter and factor of trust when you're working on a big set like that you can't have that doubt or that second guessing on i mean how how much do you if i may ask doubt your own work do you feel like you're not fulfilling uh, at a certain time do you feel like you're letting everybody down or have you surpassed that and you've mastered not doubting yourself i i don't think i'll ever master that i mean uh, it happens to me all the time earlier it used to happen as an actor now it happens as a writer uh see it's inevitable to question yourself <clears throat> and i don't think there's anything wrong in having a little bit of uh, i mean i wouldn't put this as a self esteem issue you're just questioning the fundamental fact am i good like what i'm what i'm working on is it good you know because you can keep you you can lose objectivity example i'm writing a script and you know me and my co-writers we think it's hilarious what if it's shit <laughs> what if yeah. you know so you don't want to kind of lose track of the fact that there are other people who are going to be reading this material and what will be their perception mm-hmm. it's entertaining to you in acting you know you think you did it well you think you felt it did it come through that question persists and it always will i don't really think it will change much i mean uh i can't comment for bigger actors but i know for a fact that even somebody like an amir khan i don't think he's questioning himself anymore because he is the biggest superstar but i know that he is ensuring every step of his journey that you know he takes as much opinion as he wants to and keeps trying something new you know uh being inventive with what you're doing and not stagnating that's what i am inspired by and people like amir khan who are you know pushing yeah. the envelope in terms of uh, what they're trying to do that's that's really inspiring so uh, when you try something new i think you will always question ke mujhe aata hai ki do i know what i'm doing but uh yeah i think that's also part of the challenge yeah i think i relate to what you said in a sense that there you think something is great and personally your team thinks this is going to be amazing 
but then you don't know if the viewers or listeners are going to reciprocate that. I think about that a lot with my podcast. I'm like, I'm this sure. is... I was going to tell you that, I mean, it's probably the case with you. You know, maybe, maybe you had a podcast that you thought was going to be the one and it wasn't. And yeah. I don't think that that's a problem, yeah. you know, because uh, you took home what you had to and you will find places to apply it. And I do the same thing. So... I mean, sometimes it's okay to kind of uh, not kill it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then there are some episodes that do so well, and I'm like, okay, well, I didn't, I just woke yeah, up I didn't and see that coming. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really about um, finding your audience, I guess, as you go along, and then working with them as well, because they are, in a sense, um, your team. When your audience is uh, critiquing your movies and reviewing your movies, it, it helps you kind of build that um guide and that check mark of like okay this is what they like this is what they don't like let's take that and create something yeah that's true yeah okay so what secret skills or talent does ali khaji have um that isn't too well known to the world <sighs> secret skills or talents well I, I i don't know really but i if i spend a little bit of time with somebody i i can do some good impressions of them oh. maybe yeah i'm a great bathroom singer but yeah. none of you <laughs> will never hear that uh yeah i secrets i mean it's a i i don't know if your audience will necessarily get this one but maybe just for you if you've seen tara rampam have you seen tara rampam i have yes so the song in tara rampam the sad song sayave where uh, Saif Ali Khan is driving the taxi in New York and he's like really messed up in the head. So when I'm down, when I when I feel low, I play that song in my car and I speed across. I love that. Mumbai. I yeah, love that. And uh, sorry, like, but I sometimes jump the red lights also and like just kind of go hard. Yeah. Fair. So yeah, that's, I, I wouldn't call that a secret talent or skill. It's just a secret thing that I do. Yeah. And it's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I I I do like uh, you know, playing a, a an emotional song and pretending that I'm in the in the music video of it. We've been there, all of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to ask you, how does popularity and fandom and like supporters um shape you? Does it get to your head? How do you stay humble? Tell me about it. Uh. Well, to start with, uh. I I don't really uh, you know imagine or visualize myself as uh, having stardom or like uh, out and out popularity. I know that there are some people who know about me, some people who've enjoyed my work and have appreciated it. And uh, well, that's exactly how I keep myself humble. That uh, it's like it's my work that got me that love. You know, not me. Yeah. Uh, if I was probably just sitting at home and being the, you know, I mean, serial movie watcher or like, you know, playing FIFA all day on my PlayStation. I, that's not what would have happened. Mm-hmm. So I did some work and I did it again and again. And that's when some recognition came for it. And, you know, some love and some adulation came my way. So I somehow realized early on that, I mean, I will receive that if I'm, 
putting in those hours putting in that time putting in that effort and then you know being uh, getting some amount of i mean attention for lack of a better word for that uh, will feel nice but it's definitely not going to come my way without doing any of it so yeah. uh, that's exactly i mean that's how that is how i keep myself humble by reminding myself that dude if there are you know if there's even five people out there who really like my work that's something for me to be grateful about for me to kind of keep myself humble and to you know maybe try to bump that number up to 10 and you know put in some more hours yeah that's how i think about it and uh, yeah got you and i can tell you're very humble because you did not try to wiggle in anywhere throughout this podcast about your production house and like pastiche uh correct me if i'm wrong pastiche pictures not that pastiche pastiche okay yeah so tell me about that i mean you are more than an actor with this project that you have going on you have i mean you're so young you're taking on this project you're the founder of it i want to know details well it's my uh it's like my baby uh it's something that we started in the middle of the pandemic and uh we knew we were going to do it me and my partners but uh the pandemic just kind of gave us that you know push that okay now is the time i mean you know the world is coming to an end and it's not but that time we thought so so let's just do it and we did it i mean the core idea the principal idea at pastiche pictures is uh to make some really fun content uh in all formats really does sky is the limit you know i mean maybe someday we do podcasts too i don't know <laughs> the idea right now is just to do uh films uh short films uh what we call over here web series mm-hmm. and you guys call shows or yeah. i mean prime time tv i don't know uh so the idea is to produce good original content and pastiche is basically uh, an a work inspired from another artist's work uh which kind of uh, so the a parody is the exact opposite like the textbook opposite of a pastiche if i'm not wrong and i don't think i'm wrong uh so a parody is like mocking uh you know mm-hmm. a famous artwork which is a pastiche is kind of paying tribute and homage to a famous artwork that's the principle i mean we are students of world cinema and like you know all sorts of amazing acting and writing and direction so our idea over here is to kind of imbibe the best from the best and find ways to reinterpret that into our own works i mean when you know the thing is uh almost ideas kind of stem back to the same place the fundamentals in story writing are few uh but if you meddle them around there are so many permutations and combinations that you can still make something new mm-hmm. something original something fresh every single time so that's the idea that that we really want to push with our content that we want to kind of you know pay tribute and have a lot of easter eggs and a lot of you know uh hidden messages that can eventually with time be decoded in our storytelling and we don't put like active thought to how we are doing this i mean the idea over here is not to uh you know Take write with the intention of plan yeah mm-hmm. got it you're just having you're fun writing with just having fun with it we're just being sincere with it we're just you know kind of uh following our gut instincts and kind of uh 
you know learning from the people that we really admire and you know finding ways to uh, give tip our hats to all those teachers in our work so that's the the core idea and uh, yeah we're doing some stuff we are uh, we're a young company i mean i'm 22 my partners are 21 and two of them are 21 one of them is 24 so we're growing but uh, the idea is to slowly uh, go more deeper and deeper into uh, film and television production and uh, yeah just bring out some cool stories fresh voices i mean right now i am writing a lot of the stuff and directing it but with time maybe a writers room loads of writers newer directors that's the plan that's the plan to create a place where you know i mean i i would like to say that i want to be the, uh, maybe the most approachable film studio in india one day Very and approachable cool. is the word i would say you know not not the biggest or the grandest like i want i would probably want to be known as the most approachable film producer in india someday i love that that's a great goal to yeah. have um and yeah. yeah uh you did mention how your team is on the younger side and i have much appreciation for that because it feels like um to get into this field or get into the arts and establish yourself it feels like your one of the requirements or prerequisites is to be a certain age for people to take you seriously but i just appreciate and respect how you're giving opportunities and creating opportunities for youth to really explore and understand what they like what they don't like put out what they um Uh, aspire to be in the world of course i mean and thank you for saying that but it's not like i have any options myself because i'm 22 so i can't really hire somebody yeah. 30 and say chalo work for me <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh it's a good point that you put forth because uh it's inevitable i mean i'm sure you must be facing it on your end i face it uh as young adults i think this phase of whatever 20 to 26 27 this will go on you know people will have that feeling of you know take, not taking you seriously or like oh this kid uh he speaks smartly or he acts like he's you know very mature the but you kind of figure ways to wiggle around it and you know yeah make i mean after a point i think uh, your ideas and your work and you know your consist i think consistency really speaks mm-hmm. when you uh, show up at something time and time again and you i mean with that you're also giving out the energy that okay i really i I mean business with this, you know. I want to do this, and uh, then people recognize that that okay, this isn't like a fleeting phase. This isn't a hobby. This is, you know, this kid, this twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old, they're serious about what they're doing. So then, I mean, they start seeing you as legit, and once that's nailed into their head, then they're like, okay, cool, you know. Yeah, it, it is what it is. We are nearing the end of this episode for this podcast. Um I wanted to ask you out of all the projects you've took on um because you have done a handful of projects which one would you say is the most meaningful to you in terms of maybe memory storyline people you worked with the impact uh and you have to pick one yes that is <laughs> Well I'm generally I'm generally not one to choose uh but because we've kind of referenced it a few times in this conversation I definitely say that uh I I'm very grateful to have been in Tara Rampam uh because it's a one of a kind film that I think has been made in India it's about racing we didn't really see that ever again that too it's a good racing film i mean it, it stands at par with a lot of the international films and i i can say that with a lot of assurance secondly uh the amount of adulation that i received for playing champ uh 
is uh, crazy. I mean, there are so many kids who like come up to me and told me that this was their favorite film growing up, and that means a lot because I mean, I had a favorite film growing up, which was The Lion King, for example, yeah. or Monsters Inc., for example. So, so for somebody to tell me that you know a film that I was in was their film growing favorite film growing up, that means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, it was just awesome also to shoot in New York and all of that. Not to not mention that I mean I have very grateful to have been in all of my other projects. But yeah, Tarapam special. I mean, uh, we shot literally inside the Disney Toy Store, so that's pretty crazy for a six seven year old. It was exciting. Okay, beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I think that's the end. Thank you so much once again for joining me and letting me in on your journey, the the past, the present, where you're gonna go with future projects. And you're very, very humble and very well-spoken and self-aware, which I just appreciate being in like such big light with all eyes on you. So yeah, that's everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I do think that you are also a very intuitive and uh, well, friendly podcaster because I felt like you really uh, steered the conversation in good directions every time I probably rambled on too long. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hearing those words from you, it means a lot. All right, beautiful. That's the end of this episode.